Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Turn 5 podcast. Uh, the subcategory of the Turn 3 podcast has returned again this week as uh, Chris is at work and me is probably in a field somewhere doing army things and all that. So we're, we're back as a three just to uh, kind of go over how the first half of the season has gone. Um we still have technically more than half of the season left as it stands. Um, but we're still, we've still got a couple of races that are sort of iffy at the moment, haven't we? So, yeah, we might have got it right. We'll, we'll I hope so. Not. I hope so. <laughs> well, we can't just do it in the middle of, if, like, pause the Belgian Grand Prix halfway through. Oh, it? no, this is true. <laughs> Hang on, stop. <laughs> we have to do the halfway point check now. So, that'd be interesting. Someone's halfway down the camel straight. <laughs> it's, it's not going to work. <laughs> um, well, let's start off with our general thoughts of how this this season has been so far. Uh, ben, kick us off. Uh, a lot better than I thought it would be at the start. The fact the Red Bull are on par with Mercedes. I thought it was... Going into this season, it'd be a bit like last year where they have like the sixth temp gap or something like that. The midfield, like McLaren and Ferrari have got further ahead, which is good for them. But also, it would be fun to see Alpine, Aston, both there, and maybe Alvatore just... (laughs) Even more chaos. Um, But overall, it's been decent. It's been good. Yeah. Alex? Yeah, it's been an absolute dream for Netflix, hasn't it? I mean, (laughs) right from round one in Bahrain, you can already picture it, aren't you? The first episode, the chase from Verstappen in the final stint. Christian Horner's going to be loving it, as usual. I think they turned up to pre-season testing before, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So we're gonna yeah. are we gonna get the the Surely. Mercedes struggles in preseason testing. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon in terms of Netflix, they'll split for the title battle. Uh, they'll be sort of preseason plus the first race, and then I reckon they'll skip to sort of the last couple of races. So I'll do a bit of context on the Red Bull winning five in a row, and then they'll do Silverstone and Hungary from there. Christian Horner will say, say you've taken us out in two races. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be spicy. But um, yeah, on the season as a beautiful. whole, season as a whole, yeah, I think like Ben said, we kind of thought with the, the carryover of the rules, it was going to be the exact same as last year. Mercedes would be clear. And it was kind of just a year that we had to do because of COVID. Like we couldn't yeah. really have the new cars. But yeah, I mean, okay, the rules have quite clearly been, you know, changed a bit to stop Mercedes. But it's made it very, very interesting. And I think all the questions about, oh, can Mercedes do it when they haven't got a dominant car? I think they're being answered. And we're getting to see, you know, McLaren challenge for wins, even more drives on the podium. Ed Van Ockon winning a race, which, yeah, kind of carries on from last year a little bit with the the different winners. And, yeah, I don't think we could have asked for much more, really. um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my sentiments are are much the same. To be honest, I mean, always got to enjoy the Mercedes being pegged back, just because now there's actually something going on at the front. Um, 
and they've handled the rules that were designed to affect them more than anyone else better than a certain other team has <laughs> so wonder how that uh mid-season lawsuit of the rule change is going Otmar, hit me up um but yeah the midfield the well, considering where ferrari were at the sort of mid to end point of last season i'd say they've taken a fairly sizable step it's very it fluctuates a lot though that's the thing like we've seen it they had good qualifying pace straight out the gate like they did a one two in q2 in bahrain and i know that you know like the mercedes whatever were on mediums but still pace um and then you had obviously Charles getting back-to-back poles with back-to-back red flags in Q3. Questionable, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but then the, the race pace has been lacking at some venues and has very much been there at others. Like, we've had instances where, well, like in Baku, when Charles was on pole, he just got swallowed up by Lewis, then Max, and the next guy, and the next guy. And then others, it's like Carlos has come from like 11th to finish fifth. And had Charles not been like, or someone else not been slightly further ahead, probably would have been driver of the day sort of thing. So, but, so I'd say, I'd say Ferrari probably done a good step, but McLaren have built on last year and what they had. And they've just, they've, I don't want to say they've done just enough because it's still been close but I think they've got a better foundation to build on. Like with, like we're going into the break and they're level on points now, aren't they? Yeah. Um, is Ferrari ahead because yeah, on Carlos, yeah. Has, um, Carlos has a P2? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. Leclerc does as well. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't think. It's just Norris has been ridiculously consistent. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing. It's been... Well, he's had one outside of top five finish and then the DNF in Hungary, which yeah. wasn't his fault. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I you're mean, being really cynical, you could say it kind of was his fault because his start was too good <laughs> and he jumped three people and therefore got in front of bowling pin Bottas. Um, well, bowling ball Bottas. He was the bowling pin. Um, but... The, the the lower midfield because that's the thing we've 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 always joked that there's there's f1 and then there's f1.5 but this year we've sort of seen that evolve in a way and it's been split into narrower bands of f1 being literally just mercedes and red bull and then you sort of got f1.25 with mclaren and ferrari and then you've got like f1.5 with uh alpine uh, Aston Martin and sort of to an extent Alpha Tauri. And then you've got F1.75 with Alfa Romeo, Haas and Williams, who are literally just scrapping for the odd point. But it's, it's it, yeah. kind of interesting to see that. But at the same time, it's not, it doesn't add that much to it, you know? Like it's just a case of the, the best you can get is like a Hungary where because of an instant, Mick Schumacher's ended up in a lofty position and is acting like a rolling roadblock. That's about as much as you see of them during the race, isn't it? So I think I think Hungary was like the most TV coverage Mick Schumacher got 
in a race. Yeah. Apart from when you've <laughs> put it in the water a few times. But... Well, yeah. So, but um, yeah, I think the thing is, it's so it's bunched up so much this year that it's so like track specific. So you you said about Ferrari, like I remember they were really slow in the race in France, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were terrible. They came, you know, they really came through, didn't they? Mm. That's the thing. You you can see like you see Gasly stick it in the top five sometimes, don't you? And obviously, we've had you know an Ocon Vettel one two. Which obviously, well, Vettel disqualified, but Those sad noises. <laughs> yeah, I think if you, I was saying about different drivers on the podiums, like the, the biggest thing for me is when it was sort of Mercedes, Ferrari, Rebel with a clear big three, it was a massive thing, wasn't it? When someone else got on the podium, like Perez in a Force India or something, yeah, got onto a podium. Now it happens, you know, most weeks, a lot of, you know, <laughs> yeah, you get Norris, Norris, Leclerc, obviously Ocon's one, Vettel's been there, Gasly's been there. And science yeah, has think, been on there twice yeah, this year science, yeah. um yeah yeah we've i think it's what 11 11 people yeah, on the podium so 11, far, I think. and last year it was about 13 as well yeah so we're, we're already yeah. doing really well <laughs> yeah I so. think another one of the big things is i think apart from maybe ferrari and possibly alpine now ocon's one mm. there seems to be one driver dominating in most teams i think that's quite that's quite clear. You know, you look at obviously the title battle, but then you've got Norris over Ricardo. Yeah, that's quite Gasly a substantial. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, you'd, you'd sort of hope that Gasly would dominate Sonoda, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, given that it is his first season back. Mm. Uh, but the fact that Ocon needed his win to pull a single point ahead of that young upstart rookie, Fernando Alonso. Um, I don't know. Uh, he had he, he he definitely went through a rough patch. Um, but the new chassis seems to have done wonders for him because, I mean, you can't really fault a win, can you? So, yeah. um, but then, yeah, like you say, we've got Sonoda down in 13th. Uh, I think the next closest one to an extent is Vettel to Stroll. That's 12 points. Even then, I mean, or we said this off stream, didn't we? Vettel's yeah. had, he's had a second and a fifth and then obviously the disqualification. And apart from that, he's had two points, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a bit so mad. It's a weird one. But... Um, yeah. And then, oh yeah, Nicholas Latifi taking George Russell to the cleaners, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the dominance there. It's, it's disgusting. Clear, clear for all to see. Clearly, clearly Mercedes need to sign Nicholas Latifi. Yeah. So, mm. And then, oh mate, just the the 200% margin of Kimi Raikkonen over Antonio Giovinazzi. Giovinazzi just needs to like pack up his bags and go at this point. He's being dominated by a four-year-old man. Yeah, and it's so close to Haas as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. neck and neck at this stage of the... Oh. <laughs> who'd, who'd have thought it? There'd be nothing between them except a fierce rivalry and several thousand pounds worth of carbon fibre shards because mm. one of them crashed. <laughs> um, but the fact that we're at this... We're at the summer break and Lando is still up in P3 of the championship is a bit ridiculous. He's he's ahead of both Ferraris, a Red Bull, and a Mercedes. Yeah, I mean, you look at the constructors, I mean, that, the thing about Ferrari being one of the only teams with effectively fighting on two fronts, I mean, who would have thought we'd be talking about Daniel Ricciardo being the one possibly to cost McLaren yeah, third in the constructors, quite possibly. 
Yeah, but, I mean, um, he has been truly carried so far. I mean, it will come, but we yeah. keep saying this every week. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully um, he'll just live in the sim over the summer break and he'll come back as a McLaren driving god. And yeah. <laughs> win the next nine races in a row and we'll mm. all question everything. Should we uh, focus on the title battle a bit more? Oh, yes, yeah, because then. for well, after the first round, it was Mercedes on top through qu- questionable stewarding. Um, <laughs> see, that's that's sort of been a topic of the the season, hasn't it? Stewards' decisions. Oh, don't go there. Oh, but, <laughs> but that's just—it's not really taken away from the fact that we've had good racing. Like, mm. if you t- take. Take that steward incident out of Bahrain and think of the race as a whole. It was a brilliant race. That was a great race for the lead. It was absolutely intense. So <laughs> the first round of the season. Yeah. I don't think we've had a, a first race of the season that's been because that was what, like seven tenths of a second at the line? Yeah. I don't think there's been one that close for a long time. Because you, you think back to like all the ones we've had in albert park and it's just been yeah. someone's been like 20 seconds clear and whether that's because the guy in second pit for fastest lap or whatever but you know still it's a it's a margin <laughs> but then after bahrain the pendulum swung the other way and red bull took control um with what would have been five max verstappen wins on the bounce but a tire explosion in baku said no Mm. it's fascinating how much it swung I mean yeah. who would have thought after the two Austria races that Hamilton would be leading the championship going into the summer break we, we, a lot mm. of us thought it was game over well much, yeah that's but... the thing because yes Mercedes performed well at the tracks we expected them to i.e. Portugal and Spain but then equally they didn't really bring it to Austria and Styria which is I don't want to say they're Achilles heel because it's not like they do terribly there. It's just that the Red Bull really likes it. There. Yeah, it varies. Well, Monaco as well. Monaco, yeah, bad strategy call and a... Well, they're just off the pace, aren't they? Well, yeah, that's just, yeah. Um, well, Valtteri wasn't, that's the thing. Yeah, Valtteri was all right. Um, they mm. just decided to shred his wheel nut instead of take it off. So mm. We are seeing the... I think we are seeing them get pushed absolutely to the limit, though. I mean, Mercedes in the past have the reputation of, you know, the amazing strategy calls. And this year, they've dropped the ball. You know, Monaco, the um, Hamilton strategy was poor, wasn't it? it yeah. He lost out to Vettel and Gasly. Lost, yeah, lost two places. Baku, the undercut, was very questionable. And then France, they got... Uh, no, sorry, Baku, they got overcut. And then France, they got undercut both times. They were caught kind of napping, really. Yeah. And then, obviously, Hungary as well, <laughs> inexplicably staying out. Uh, yeah, that... Um, same. I mean, in a, in a way, though, they, they played the, oh, but we're so innocent card because, you know, Bottas had just perfectly executed Order 66 and wiped out the three closest title contenders to Lewis in one corner mm. that's pretty good <laughs> like commended commended effort there 
but at the same time, it's yeah, their strategy choices have been odd for a team that usually knock it out of the park. Like we, it was like the the hungry twenty nineteen incident where Lewis pits from behind Verstappen and then catches up a casual twenty seconds and overtakes him with two laps to go. Spain, they got it right, didn't they? Well, well yeah, like, exactly. They did the same sort of yeah. thing. Um, and then <laughs> in France, they had the opposite done, and they got mm. done on their own strat tactic. <laughs> so, mm. you know. I think another thing is the the differences of approach between Hamilton and Verstappen. I mean, we discussed it a lot after Silverstone, didn't we? The cautious Hamilton approach versus the gung-ho Verstappen approach like we saw in Spain at the start for example yeah and we just knew eventually it was going to lead to a crash didn't we like Hamilton would have enough of it Verstappen was never going to back out and if you think we've got Spa up next I mean one of the things Spa is famous well in F1 is famous for is at Le Com on the first lap with the slipstream the leaders often end up side by side don't they yes so that's That's the you know that's if they survived La Source yeah (laughs) <laughs> mm, we've seen plenty of incidents there in the past mm. so and we've got all the mental battle as well the you know all the gamesmanship and the, all the talk going on in the press christian horner and total <laughs> yeah it has been like so fascinating to see the, isn't it the netflix meal supplements absolutely so, <laughs> so i think honestly i think netflix doesn't even like need to film its own program it could just take stock photo uh, stock footage from the rest of the f1 weekend and stitch it together out of that maybe do a few extra will buxton interviews just to stitch the pieces together nicely job's good um, um but yeah no it's it's always going to be an interesting one at spa because it's i mean i, I kind of do want to see a, a reenactment of a, a certain commentary line it's just and here comes sebastian vettel down <laughs> just imagine the scenes when he comes and takes the lead on lap one out of nowhere in an aston martin just that would be hilarious but um i mean it's probably not going to happen let's be real the the aston martin has been probably the seventh quickest car this season yeah, on average well, i'd say so yeah like the it's Harry's had good races i'd say <laughs> yeah i'd say it's definitely faster than the williams and the Haas, and then alpha, slightly yeah. faster than alpha but i think alpha tauri has it on 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 pure pace at certain venues because mm-hmm. like gasly dumped it in i want to say fourth in qualifying at imola yeah and then no. back it, it was almost a pole, wasn't he? Like he was purple, yeah. so two sectors, and then just didn't have a slipstream. Yeah, considering where the racing point was last year, that is a huge step backwards. Mm. So, but that's what happens when Daddy Stroll demands that you copy a Mercedes. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, questionable design strategy there. And after everyone was complaining, it has come and shot them in the foot big time. Should have stuck with the Red Bull high rake boys. <laughs> um, but I mean, that midfield is so congested. That's the thing. Any any given week, you, you try and predict exactly where anyone between 
eighth and fourteenth is going to finish. If you can get that right, go and buy a lottery ticket because uh, Alonso, Ocon, Vettel, Stroll, the, the the two Ferraris, if they've had a bad qualifying, uh, like it could just it could literally be anyone. Like and now, and now right? Williams has now come into the mix. So, <laughs> I think the only two people you can sort of guarantee it won't be are the two Haas drivers. Yeah, maybe Latifi, unless it's hungry. Well, he yeah. gets up the third on the first lap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, George was almost leading the race. Yeah. Well, technically, he was. Yeah. It's just <laughs> illegally. <laughs> if I was him, I would have carried on and taken the lead, and, and then given it, given it back after like a lap. Yeah. Just so I could serve Leather Lap. <laughs> Leather Lap and a Williams. Yeah. Get on my level. <laughs> but no, I don't know. What has been your guys' favourite races from the first half of the season so far? Oh, Ben. Go first. Baku. Baku has been my favourite race. I've already said it twice. It's been that good. <laughs> Uh, just the whole weekend just in practice you had the Mercs being like nowhere apart from Hamilton in like FP3 when he was like second or something you had Gasly being near the top and we think that, that we literally said earlier he could have been on pole and then in quality you had every driver try bin it into like turn 15 was it yeah and then Everywhere, yeah. you had <laughs> the Sonoda and Science incident at the end of yeah. uh, Q3. <laughs> like, what was that? Like, oh. like, you were watching that live. I thought, like, the Science punted you. <laughs> I was like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, I, th- I think the only thing I didn't like about that weekend was. Max's and Lance's tyre failures. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the fact that... I mean, it was kind of dramatic because of that. But yeah. Still. Um, but arguably, it completely ruined Lance... I mean, it ruined Aston Martin's strategy. Because I think they were onto something there. Because they started well, him on the hards, ran him 30-odd laps. Probably could have yeah. jumped five or six cars in that. It worked nicely for Vettel, didn't it? I mean, he was, yeah. he was legitimately four. Yeah, like, exactly. Before it all kicked off, wasn't he? That was the that just shows how like weird it's been. With yeah, packing order, but um, yeah, and then we know what happened after the red flag. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that kind of because that's I think that's why I felt so bad about it was that like it was basically just gifting Hamilton eighteen points in the championship. Yeah, through something well, that was, was completely outside of Max's control. Like if Max had just binned it into turn fifteen, then I'd have been like, well, that's your own fault but on a straight and your tyre just goes pop. Mm. That's not really something that crosses your mind when you're a racing driver, is it? Like, you don't think, oh, is my tyre going to explode at any given moment? You, you can't focus on things like that. You've got to just focus on what's ahead. And But then Lewis doing the absolutely gracious thing and just cowabungering himself into the runoff at turn one was a sight to behold. I mean, that's the thing, will it? Maybe the luck leaving itself out in terms of Baku, at least. Maybe Hamilton or DNF from the... I mean, it hasn't happened for years, but... And will Verstappen then make a mistake that 
throws away the win as a result of that. That is the question. Yeah. And will it cost him a championship? Hmm. Because at the end of the day, he is the one that has nothing to lose in this. Hamilton has his seven world championships and is going for the record eighth and has that sort of expectation behind him of he is one of the greatest drivers of all time in one of the greatest cars of all time. And here's Max. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if Lewis does win it this year, that's absolutely it for the greatest sports time debate, I think, isn't it? I, I know you're a Schumacher fan. <laughs> uh. <laughs> My whole childhood just wept there. Yeah. Oh, God. Maybe, may, I mean, we've said maybe Maxwell come and take it. If he wins oh, yeah, you know, Exactly. We're seeing plenty of time, isn't he? Yeah, that's the thing. Drivers are starting younger and younger. Like, yeah, that's the thing. He's going to do more we've than got 400 Yuki. races, I think. Yuki could be the GOAT for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> Yuki's just going to come and smash out the next 10 world championships. Like Alpha Tauri are going to nail this reg change, and that's it. Game over. Dominance. Red yeah, Bulls are going to become the sister team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, I don't know. My race of the season, I'm obviously biased because I was there <laughs> and I support Hamilton, but it's got to be Silverstone. Like the, I mean, obviously there was the drama at the start, which you don't you don't like to see a driver going into the wall at 100 and whatever it was miles an hour. But I think the whole, the charge through the field, the atmosphere, that was the big thing. I mean, after everything with COVID, you know, empty, empty just sporting events in general, that that atmosphere as Hamilton was, you know, coming through and chasing down the clerk was so good. And then, I mean, it was such, so it was an iconic drive, wasn't it? I mean, let's be honest, yeah. whatever people want to say about, okay, well, racing incident in my opinion, but if people want to say he took out his title rival, and then celebrated it. But in my opinion, the way he chased you know, fourth for the win from about what, yeah. 15 seconds back with three laps to go in front of a packed Silverstone, eighth British Grand Prix win. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Sad Charles Leclerc noises. <laughs> I mean, it was still a great, brilliant drive from Leclerc. And I mean, deserved drive of the day. You would not have expected him to be mm. up there at any point of the race. Like he'd done well in sprint qualifying to get himself third on the grid, fourth, fourth, yeah. fourth, and then just capitalized on a a slow Bottas launch to eat himself up to third, and then b the two people in front of him just deciding to not take cops. <laughs> so, yeah, but for once the Ferrari master plan didn't fail, and he almost won the race. Mm. Um, Very nice. oh, I think honestly, I think if if that penalty had been five seconds more, it would have been on the line sort of job. Uh, yeah, I guess because he would have pushed a bit harder and then. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's it's all a a, a would have could have. Should have sort of thing at this point, yeah. but but that was, I mean, the whole weekend, yeah, was just unbelievable. That maybe most exciting race was probably Hungary, wasn't it? I, I mean, mean, well, your, I don't know what yours race this season. That's is, but... just like ultimate carnage, to be yeah. honest. 
in terms of edge of my seat, I'd say, yeah, Hungary had me on the edge of my seat for most of the race, purely because of, well, it was, it was, it was a really weird one because turn one, my two favourite drivers just got, well, one got absolutely annihilated and the other one got spun around. So it was, it was weird because I was so disappointed with that and then to have one of them retire under the red flag and the other one still got damaged and isn't really going anywhere. But then seeing Ocon at the front and Alonso driving the absolute thickest F1 car you have ever seen, it was, it was up there with like pure spectacle. Honestly, I think you could take that 10 laps of Alonso defending Hamilton, show that to anyone and just be like, this was Alonso in his prime and they wouldn't argue with you. Yeah, I think... Yeah, we discussed that in the Hungary review, didn't we? Like, yeah. I think, in my opinion, the two drivers of the best racecraft going toe to toe for ten laps. You know, obviously the the big pace advantage for Hamilton, kind of negated by the absolute probably bus. the third hardest track to overtake <laughs> after Monaco and Singapore. Yeah, but yeah, and just never feeling like they were going to come together. That was that's the thing, like the, the respect. I mean, you, you have all these memes coming out of like flashbacks to when they were teammates. Yeah. <laughs> and Alonso just sitting in the pit box, like, yeah, nah, not today, son. Mm. <laughs> so, but no, I think my race of the season so far, definitely Monaco. <laughs> Just for the pure meme image of no, it's can't I can't I can't do that. I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's just it was so bad. Um, that's definitely worst race of the season, hands down. Um, best race of the season for me. I'm probably gonna have to go. I quite liked Imola, to be honest. That was it had a bit of everything because it was a wet start and then it dried out. And then it was the kind of that awkward crossover phase of our slicks better, our inters better, what's going on. You've got the two house cars on full wets going like three seconds a lap slower than anyone else. You've got Gasly on full wets holding up everybody. You've got Hamilton deciding to just skewer off into the wall and then a red flag and Hamilton suddenly becomes the luckiest man alive. <laughs> because he can a fix his car and b unlap himself, and then somehow manages to finish second as well. Um, yeah, that was that was another fun. good drive. But then you've got Norris finishing on the podium. Uh, Perez absolutely deciding that he's going to make his own rule book. And it, yeah, I think it was just it had a bit of everything, but it wasn't it wasn't the same level of carnage that was required, like Hungary was. Because I think if you took turn one out of Hungary, then it wouldn't have unfolded in that sort of way. And it would very much have been more of a Noah's Ark sort of race. Um, but see, because Imola, it was just, there was a little bit of a bump at turn one. And that was, I'd say that was mostly down to the conditions. Like Max into Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Because... Right, it's it's where yeah, exactly. Neither of them are going to give each other an inch, hmm. but Lewis is always going to fare off worse on the outside of the corner, 
when we know there's those ruddy great sausage curves on the inside of the next corner. So mm. I don't know. But I th- yeah, I feel like that was that was probably my my favoured race so far. Um, That's the thing, isn't it? They've they've done so have been wheel to wheel in probably more than half the races this yeah. year. I mean, obviously we had like the first four, wasn't it? And then Baku as well, technically. Just happened, jumped him, jumped Hamilton. Yeah. And then obviously France, Austria, Verstappen just drove off in both races. But then obviously Silverstone as well. Yeah. So it's that's the thing. It was such you had the first four races were very much Mercedes dominated. Like you had Bahrain where they got it just right and Lewis held him off. Say what you want about track limits. Uh, Then you had Imola, where he somehow scraped a second, and Max was... (laughs) That's the thing. Max almost binned it on his own at the safety car restart. How he didn't go round, God only knows. Um, Because that would have... That that could have been his... That could have been his Azerbaijan moment, couldn't it? Mm. Lewis sends it into turn one. Max doesn't even make the safety car restart spins and has to rejoin at the back that'd be carnage um but then you had portugal and spain which was just merc dominance and then well i mean look you you look at the the strategy that they pulled in spain and it's just yeah casual extra pit Mm. stop and zoom it wasn't a 2020 race but no yeah and also another thing is how many times the lead has been decided in the last few laps yeah, that was the thing, because it was after the first four rounds, I think F1 put a graphic out of, like, who's led the most laps. And it was yeah. by far and away Verstappen. Well, it still is now, isn't it? It's well, yeah. Verstappen by about four times more, isn't it? And then Ocon's third, isn't he? <laughs> and Leclerc's fourth or something, I think. And, and Bottas but, is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. No <laughs> I think so. we've had, what, um, yeah, Bahrain, uh, Spain, Baku, France... Silverstone and Hungary, six races out of what eleven? Yeah, had, have all been decided like very near the end. I mean that's ridiculous. That is. I mean, in a in a way, Hungary was decided very early on. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but as in the chase. <laughs> yeah, the Seb chase was always like, there. So and well, and Hamilton. Hamilton was closing in like a torpedo, but mm. yeah, that was. It's just a race that, in my eyes, probably shouldn't have happened from a Mercedes point of view. <laughs> like you, you've you've had one of your drivers. Yes, they've DNF'd, but hey, they've taken out a lot of your nearest competitors. Good job. Have a pay rise. Um, but that that was the inexplicable thing, especially when you know you had race director Michael Massey come out afterwards and say, like, yeah, we told them you could talk because it's not pre-race formation that so that was yeah it was nobody decided pit even when Hamilton was saying it's really dry guys so I mean George Russell literally came on the world feed and said everyone <laughs> everyone's gonna, gonna box. box and then it just wasn't yeah, yeah. I mean but yeah but then you look at the the way that everyone coming into the pit sort of shuffled the order about again because it's not just getting in, it's getting out. Because yeah, you, you 
you don't want to do what Raikkonen did, get an unsafe release, and then get a massive penalty. I mean, so. even if like absolutely everyone had somehow gone past him in the pit lane, it still would have worked out better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He wouldn't have that extra mm. deficit of everyone's hooning past him at full speed and he's just crawling out of the pits. So moving on from favoured races and best bits of the season, um, who, in your opinion, Alex, has been the standout driver of the season so far? This is the big one, isn't it? Um, I mean, obviously, genuinely trying to be as neutral as possible, I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton. That is because I know he's made a couple of mistakes in Imola and in Baku. And I'm not saying Silverstone. (laughs) Uh, I think that (laughs) one's a matter of opinion. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, first of all, He's in quite clearly the second quickest car and he's leading the championship for a start. Whatever you want to say about bad luck, it just happened. But I just think, you know, his peaks maybe have been slightly higher. So you look at the race in Bahrain, he should not have won that race, but he did because of his defensive driving. And don't say track limits. <laughs> it's, like the... could, it's like you just <laughs> see, I just wanted to just be like, <laughs> track limits. The comebacks in... Imola, Silverstone, Hungary, the obviously the the strategy in Spain, almost winning that race in France, passing Verstappen and Bottas in Portugal. Uh, obviously the qualifying in Baku. Let's not talk about the race, but <laughs> the the qualifying where they were absolutely nowhere, and he suddenly stuck it on the front row, didn't he? I mean, all the question marks about can he do it in not the best car? Can he come through the field? I think they've been answered this year. And well, I. I... I want to point out the the Baku qualifying. He had a change of spec to his rear wing, yeah, and did. Bottas, Bottas didn't. didn't. <laughs> mm. So Bottas literally got hung out to dry, and just yeah. be, got told toe Lewis. But I mean, the work that they put in that weekend, you know, the yeah. extra meat. He's so that's one of the things, isn't it? He, he always goes. He's the last one out of the paddock every time, every night, isn't he? Because of all the meetings and stuff. And that car was literally. I mean, they sandbag obviously, but. It can get in the top ten, could it? In practice, no. I'm pretty sure. No, it was and, it was an abysmal yeah. weekend for them. Yeah, and um, yeah, obviously, in terms of the comparison to Verstappen, obviously, you know, he hasn't made. I mean, he could be really harsh and say he's co- he cost himself the win in Bahrain with track limits, and also Portugal, he cost himself pole and fastest lap with track limits. And I guess you could say, you know, Imola, he could have spun and lost the win, but yeah. In the and same way, you could say Hamilton cost himself a win by going exactly, off. Exactly, yeah. So, exactly, and then obviously, however you want to interpret Silverstone, could have been more. Yeah, yeah, you know, we could have been more like, but obviously he hasn't made any mistakes. But uh, and he's had some unbelievable drives. You know, again, France, the Austria dominance, Monaco. You know, he's dominated several races, and he Emila was absolutely brilliant in the wet. And yeah, I just. It's it's very close to call. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Just putting Hamilton ahead, pretty much because he's leading the championship. That's I know Verstappen's been very unlucky in well Hungary and maybe Silverstone. <laughs> you... I mean, I was I was just going to say yeah. Baku to be honest. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah but... <laughs> I, I think that's like peak unluckiness. Yeah. Like four seconds one... clear, five laps to go. Yeah, yeah. don't know how to do that, but. And then the other one's obviously Norris. Um, again, absolutely maximise everything. 
obviously Hungary got taken out, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's just purely because <laughs> I mean, obviously he's not going to be leading the championship in the Mercedes, but I don't know. It was just so hard to split the three of them, really. Um, and then apart from that, you've got I think the, the other standouts: Leclerc, Sainz, Gasly, and Nor uh, Russell were the ones for me. Uh, obviously Leclerc, okay, he's had a couple of incidents here and there, but outstanding at Silverstone, season. poles. Science has been on the po science has settled in. <laughs> science has settled in. Science has settled in brilliantly to Ferrari, a couple of podiums, actually beating Leclerc in the standings. Gasly's carried on from last year. Been a little bit unlucky, you know, not maybe maximised the points he could have had. But and then obviously George Russell. Uh Q two in all but one races, a couple of Q threes and some yep. points finally. Yep. And yeah. But Hamilton is the answer to your question for me, basically. Ben, <laughs> what do you who, who do you think? Unlike Alex, I'm going as biased as possible. So I'm staying Lando. <laughs> yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> but he just he's got absolutely no right to be P three right now. Like it's you could say, oh, it's because Perez and Bottas have been absolutely nowhere at times, but then Lando's still got to be there to take advantage of it, and he's done yeah. that all season. But apart from Hung, when he got well, yeah, exactly. That's um, not exactly his fault, is it? So. <laughs> Also with Lander, though, I think the key to his season was Imola with the fights at Quali, whereas in bad dated lap, he was very much down. But then to pull it back and get P3, I pretty much set his like season off and gave him the confidence he needed to do what he's done so far. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can see each season he's been in F1, he's taken a step forwards. And it's been it's been amazing to watch that because, I mean, when you're in your rookie season and coming off the back of the seasons that McLaren had had, nobody really had much hope for where McLaren were going at that stage. And then you've just seen them go from like seventh in the championship all the way up to third in the matter of a few years with well it was Lando and Carlos but now we've got Lando and Daniel but Lando being one of the major driving forces behind that I mean he's got three podiums this year already mm. which does my crazy season prediction a world of good so I mean the thing <laughs> is it's still I know everyone says it so many times but it's absolutely ridiculous how he's been in the top five all but one of the races he's finished and probably would have been yeah. hungry. Yeah. And the thing is, obviously, he had his the qualifying in Imola and Austria, where let's just say front row and what was it, second or third invalidated. Yeah. But it's not as if he's been, you know, driving by himself to fourth and fifth every race, is it? He's he's had some races where McLaren's one lap pace hasn't been there and he's had to come through. You know, I think that, I think it was France, they really they came through very well. Yeah. They, um, Baku as well. They weren't really anywhere and picked up, picked up a lot of places at the end. Mm. And um, yeah, Portugal. He made like three overtakes at the start, didn't he? Which was brilliant. And um, 
I mean, for yeah. me, it's it's also Austria where he's just holding Hamilton at bay. Mm. I mean, that's no mean feat. Yeah, he kept he's... up with Bottas as well, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, like, he's he's in a he's in he's in a McLaren. Hamilton's a Mercedes, and yet Hamilton was there for like what twenty laps before he finally managed to get past him. I mean, so you know, when Hamilton says over the team radio that you're a great driver, <laughs> you know yeah. you're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've, you've impressed a seven-time world champion, which I think probably takes quite a lot of doing, but also says that his racecraft is there in such a way that he, Lewis is quite happy to race him wheel-to-wheel sort of thing because he, he knows what to expect. In, in that way, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It might just be, you know, like oh, he's he's driven superbly just to keep me at bay. But, you know, I think that because like we saw it with Alonso and Hamilton, like, yes, it was it was very close. And at times there was, you know, a couple of wheel bangs, but it was never that sort of awkward angle where it's going to result in someone losing traction and then losing the place because they've, you know, been half spun. So, I, I want more of that. To be honest, I just want, I I like seeing top cars come through the pack. That's why I want reverse grid for sprint quality. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously my answer is Lando Norris for best driver so far. Um, I mean. You look at, he's he's got so many of the team's points. Like the team are on 163, and he's on 113. So he's he's got over like two thirds of the team's points on his own. He's put Danny Rick in a backpack and just carried him around the first half of the season. Um, and I, I I honestly I don't think he can follow his performances. Like he. If you wanted to be really critical, then yes, track limits and qualifying. But at the same time, like he is pushing the absolute limit in that car. And that's what you're going to get when you push the absolute limit. Sometimes you're going to step over it. Um, but at the same time, even when the car hasn't really been there, he still managed to get a drive that's finished him in the points. He went on the, the longest consecutive scoring streak for a McLaren driver in history. Well, joint most. Thank you, Bottas. Um, but I mean, results, the, that consistency has been so paramount to where, where McLaren are at the minute that if he can continue that through the summer break into the second half of the season and then it, Danny Rick just... You know, even if even if he's not beating Lando, even if he's just, you know, there or thereabouts sort of thing, then that's what they need. Because at the minute, Carlos has stepped into that Ferrari and has stepped up to the plate incredibly quickly. And that is, well, that's, that's the next thing I want to come into, of who's been the most impressive. And for me, it's Carlos. Because he's, he's swapped teams, which is no easy feat considering well i mean at the start of last season when it was announced we were all taking the absolute piss because he was going from a car that looked third fastest to 
a car that looked absolutely nowhere. Uh, but fair play to Ferrari, they've turned it round, and even fairer play to Carlos because he stepped in and he stepped up. He got he got the first Ferrari podium this year. Admittedly, that's probably through Ferrari's own fault of not repairing Charles's car. But at the same time, if they had repaired it, he probably would have got a five place grid penalty. So it probably still would have been Carlos's podium. Um. But I mean, when when you swap teams and you step up and you take it to a driver as talented as Charles Leclerc, that's that's mighty impressive in my book. And I don't think I don't think he's been given enough kudos over the last few seasons with what he's done, um, because he's just improved and improved and improved. You saw it in Monza last year when he was absolutely hounding Gasly for that win. And he's picked up podiums here and there. And now he's he's doing exactly the same at Ferrari, even in a car that isn't really there, unless he's had a, a couple of disappointing qualifying performances where he's qualified in 11th, 12th, 13th, that sort of area. But they've made it work in the race and they've they've pulled the strategy out and they, they, they've got him more often than not into the points. And, well, I mean, if you'd have told me at the start of the season... Even, even just after preseason testing, that at this stage, Ferrari and McLaren were going to be level on points and they'd be third in the Constructors' Championship. I'd be, I'd be grateful because as a McLaren fan, that's good news. But also I'd be slightly disbelieving considering where they were. But even at the start of the season, it wasn't great. Like It was definitely better than last year, but there was still a lot of work to do. But I think with the way they spent their development tokens has definitely benefited the car this year. So if they can develop a car that was as bad as last year's, as well as they have for this year, then I think they might do quite well with the regulation change. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I most impressive, I said Lando Norris. So, I mean, we've kind of covered him. So uh, I can't yeah, disagree with that, Carlos Sainz. I mean, yeah, um, it's, it's hard to yeah. pick between those two. I mean, like you can in any given weekend, anyone could be the most impressive yeah. for a variety of reasons. Like you've got Gasly chucking it on fourth in qualifying in an Alpha Tauri at Imola. Mm. That's impressive in its own right. And then yeah, you've I'd got <laughs> you've got Ocon winning in an Alpine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say Gasly for last year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Perez, but. I mean, we kind of come to expect it now from him this season, haven't we? Yeah. But, um, in terms of science, yeah. I mean, and also, I think I heard today that Ferrari have, are they developing their engine in the second half of the season, and they're supposed to be looking quite strong from far onwards. So that'll be an interesting one. Uh, I don't because I, so, I don't know what you're actually allowed to develop on yeah, the car at this point because it's like a development freeze. So I don't know what the 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 rules stipulate on that, but it'll be interesting to see how. Because well, obviously they're going to develop stuff, aren't they? Yeah. So it'll just be interesting to see which teams mm. take that extra step. Because you always see it after the summer break. There's that one team that gets an extra couple of tenths. Except I mean, for the one year where it was an illegal Ferrari engine. But we don't yeah. discuss that. Well, you <laughs> second. Or more than that, probably. They're doing it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine. Burning oil. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, if I had to, if I had to bet on third in the constructors right now, I would probably say Ferrari, even though Lando Norris has been literally finished in the top five, yeah, every possible race. I'd say Ferrari, just the development and the consistency of both drivers. Yeah, that's that's what it is for me. I'd I'd agree with you. I I probably would put money on Ferrari purely because it's the consistency that both drivers have, rather than reliancy on Lando. So, I mean, that's nothing, it's nothing against McLaren and Daniel. It's just that he's not picked up the pace as quick as Carlos has in the Ferrari. And that's the thing. Every, when, when two drivers swap teams between the same seasons, they're always going to compare performances and how adaptable they are. And that's just, that's exactly what's happening here. Like we've seen it, we've had the comparisons between Seb, uh, Carlos, and Daniel. And Seb's even Seb's taken a while to get up to speed, and he's a full-time world champion. So, you know, I mean, he started the year with five penalty points in a weekend, uh, two 15th place finishes in, in uh, the opening races, but then had a fifth in Monaco, and really sort of kicked on from there, second in Baku, and then it's kind of just carried on. But it's, I, I think it's one of the hardest things to do is like compare different teams because Lando's been in that team for years. Yes, it's his third season, but you know, he's been at the MTC doing sim work and all the behind the scenes sort of stuff. So he's been in and around it a lot longer than just the three years. And then Daniel's just sort of just been dropped in the middle and just gone, go win races. And it's just not that simple. But I suppose that brings us on quite nicely to who's been the biggest disappointment this season. I mean, yeah, I I did say Daniel Ricciardo. It did pain me to say it. Like, yeah. Because you know we know how good he is, yeah, and it's just it hasn't worked. I mean, it's the classic one with the second Red Bull seat. It just certain drives in certain cars, it just doesn't work. And this, I mean, how many times have we said it will come to Daniel Ricciardo? Just, I think that's probably my most common phrase on this podcast. Yeah, and I mean, it, but, you see it when he has like a good result, and you think yeah. he's he's done it, he's, he's he's made it click, and then the next weekend he goes backwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had Spain. He was. That was the one where he was ahead of Norris, wasn't it? When yeah. that was the one where Norris didn't finish top five. Yeah. And then Silverstone, he was decent, but even then he was still off the pace of Lando. I mean, Hungary, you could say he could have been, he could have won the race if he didn't get spun around, but then yeah. you could say that about half the grid. Oh, so. yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. But, um, yeah, apart from apart from Ricardo, I mean, obviously Bottas is yeah. an obvious choice, isn't he? I mean, that's the thing, like, you compare him to Perez and he, he can get nearer to Hamilton more often than anyone in the second Red Bull can to Verstappen. But then he has some absolute shockers, doesn't he? Like you know, yeah. Imola, back, well, Baku, okay. The, uh, what was it, the rear wing? Yeah. And He was the sacrificial lamb at that point. Yeah, you just look at Silverstone in the race, for example, the way Hamilton was on older tyres and came through passing about a second lap quicker, didn't he? Yeah, and bit, bit mental. Yeah, um, and obviously Perez. I mean, he has won a race. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, but that was arguably just through luck. 
if that yeah. race had unfolded but, any other year, it would have been a P2 for him. Yeah, but then he was there right behind Verstappen helping the, the pieces. Team. Yeah. But then this is the question, like, can you, do you say that it, because the Red Bull has been the best car, it's made Perez look better than, say, Albon or Gasly? Or do you say Perez is lower in the championship, I think, than he finished in the racing point and he's now in the best car? That proves the second Red Bull, there's just something not right, you know, favouring Verstappen. It's, I mean, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. It's just, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because yes, they're in, he's now in the best car, but at the same time, he's not in a team like Racing Point where it's any points will do sort of attitude. Because let's face it, there at, at Racing Point, it was a, we want to try and push further up, but we're not really at the consistent pushing for podiums position. It's They were more, how close to fourth or fifth can we get? Um, whereas Red Bull, it's very much expected that you are to get podiums. Um, and then in terms of drivers <laughs> that's a tricky one like because it i we saw it with albon second half of that season that he got dumped in the red bull he was good and then over winter they did something with the car and the development changed direction slightly and then he wasn't so i don't know i feel like i mean even paris has had some absolute nightmares of races as well like think back to imola the amount of times where he was just skittering off the track I, we'd cut to his camera and half the time he'd be in the gravel. So, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's so congested now. <laughs> it's a lot closer this year. So if you say you're a couple of tenths off in qualifying, you lose a place at the start, for example, that's you out of the battle for the lead, isn't it? Because you get stuck in traffic. I mean, we saw in Portugal, his pace was good once he cleared Norris, but he was stuck behind Norris for so long. Yeah. That's, that's always the issue. But everyone in the second rebel seems to regardless of how quick or slow they are, they seem to spin a lot. It's just the car is on edge because that's how Verstappen likes it. Yeah. So you're going to spin sometimes if you're not used to that, like everyone has in that car. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing. Unfortunately, if you do it in a race, then that's the end of that. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, that the, the, the Red Bull has been designed in such a way that Max knows how to get the best out of it, but even then, he you'll see it. He struggles with it sometimes, doesn't he? Mm. And you'll hear it over the team radio and uh, free practice of just like there's so much understeer or there's oversteer out of this corner and that corner and whatever. So I'm, I'm not surprised that the second drivers struggle to get to grips with the car when Max has been there for, what, six years now or something stupid. Um, and he's had that time and the very much full backing of Red Bull in the development of that car and then you've got someone like Checo who's come from yes he's got a wealth of experience with a, a range of different teams but they're all very different to how Red Bull operate <laughs> um, so yeah I'm not surprised that we've I mean we've seen it with Gasly, Albon, and Perez. They've all spun, binned it, whatever. And they're all very competent drivers. Like, none of them are bad. 
but they they'll still spin it or crash or whatever. But still, at least he has a lower rotational average than a certain Mazza spin. Uh, who well, was on? Yeah, disappointment. I mean, yeah. it's not as if we expected anything, but. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's exactly the thing. He's not a disappointment because he's doing exactly what we expected him to do. You um, could say he's been the most improved at the fact that he does actually finish races now. Yeah, from where he started. Yeah, yeah. from where he started. Turn three of the first first race <laughs> and then actually finishing the next one. So, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's at 17 spins so far this season. But he didn't spin in Hungary. Oh, well, that's probably... Actually, no, to be fair, he normally spins in practice, isn't he? Not the race. So, yeah. so yeah. Interesting one, that. Um, but I mean, I mean, you, if as much as you, you want to criticise Mazepin for spinning, you've also got to criticise Mick for putting it in the wall. Because he's yeah. done that He's done it in FP3 on two separate occasions now, and that's cost him qualifying on two separate races. And yes, he got them a Q2 appearance, but it was in name only because he put it in the wall. So hmm. I feel well, like I it's, it's one of those things like, yes, I, th- I feel like Mick is doing the better job, but he's struggling with the absolute limit of the car uh, you, you look at pure race pace and mick has got nikita for absolute chips every day of the week but then if mick's put it in the wall it doesn't matter how quick you are you're not gonna finish <laughs> to be fair he's one of the only ones that's finished every race isn't he schumacher because he yeah he just spins it in practice and qualifying instead. yeah but um I mean, to be in fairness, well, apart from the fact he's driving the worst car on the grid by a country mile. Oh, yeah. Um, you could argue the three most crash slash spin prone drivers this year have been Schumacher, Mazepin, and Sonoda. And they're the three rookies, aren't they? So, yeah, especially considering. I mean, you, you look at the way Sonoda's crashed as well, and mm. pretty much every time it's cost him a gearbox. Yeah. Which is expensive. And not exactly ideal when you're, you know, limited on A, budget, and B, parts. So and when you've got Helmut Marko, Yuri Vips, Dennis Halger all coming through. Yeah. You've got a wealth of talent behind you and Helmut Marko above you. Yeah. Um, not, not ideal. So I feel in terms of drivers with points to prove, Yuki has potentially the biggest point to prove, but equally so does Danny Rick. Mm. So Nodi will be all right for now. I mean, yeah, whole, he won't, you know, he won't lose his seat this season. With, you know, we've got to see what happens. I, I think it'll stay the same yeah. with the, the two Rebel and Alpha Tauri, but, you know, Perez might get dropped and then that's a bit of a comfort blanket, effectively, isn't it? Yeah. For Sonoda, because one extra person left to come in. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, you've just got to look at Bottas. Like, he's just had a very mixed start to the season. Um, but he is, he's very much worse off than where he was at this stage last season. Um, and it's just, 
it's a weird one, isn't it? Like, yes, in Baku, he was hung out to dry as the air, air breaker for Hamilton. But then, like, Imola, absolutely wrecked with George Russell. And then Hungary decided he didn't want to drive, decided he wanted to go and play Demolition Derby instead. Um, so, I don't know, I've, especially when there's so much talk about the second Mercedes seat. I really feel like he's got a lot to, to consider here. Because if he... I mean, it's, it's one way, like, crashing out all of the rivals is one way of doing it, but it's an expensive one. Um, but because we know he has pace because he beats Hamilton in qualifying. And that's no mean feat. So it's just the race pace. He's just not consistently there. And that's what's letting him down. And ultimately, that's what's letting Mercedes down this year. So, yeah, I feel like Bottas, Danny and Yuki are the three out to get it in the next set of races. And if they don't, it's going to start throwing some question marks around, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm just reading through uh, the responses that uh, Chris and Nia sent in. Uh, Chris's favourite race was Bahrain. I wonder why. Uh, he says the best driver has been Lando and the most impressive has also been Lando and his biggest disappointment has been Valtteri. <laughs> Which I think is fair enough, <laughs> considering he's a Mercedes fan. Um, and then Nia said that Imola was her favourite race. Uh, Lando, because she's definitely oh. not being biased, she said. Uh, but Carlos has been the most impressive. And then the biggest letdown has been Valtteri or Daniel. So. Oh, the British bias on here. Norris, Norris, <laughs> Norris, Norris, Norris uh, Hamilton. I mean, you can't no really match. argue with the results, can you? No like, match from five of us. That's. I know. I mean, I was the only. I was the only non-Norris. I mean, yeah. No, I, I see what you mean. I think we've like, got to give Max a bit more credit. Like, yes, he's done a way. sensational <laughs> job, and had he not had that tire blowout in Baku, he'd be a lot mm. further ahead in the championship. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, to just to take the fight to. The statistically yeah, exactly. greatest driver of all time. Yeah. Who's won everything for years is a massive thing in itself. And even yeah. if, I mean, if we're moving on to segueing on to the next part, which is next second half of the season, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's going to kind of depend on the cars, really. If, if Red Bull can get back to sort of Austria form, the only thing that can stop Verstappen winning the title is mind games. You know, he seems to have. Silverstone and Hungary have made him lose his head a little bit. Red Bull are not doing a good job of keeping themselves or him under control. Verstappen, he kind of snapped at the journalists, didn't he, when they were asking about Silverstone? Whereas Hamilton, Hamilton's been around for years. He knows all those games. And yeah. if it comes down to mind games, Hamilton will win. Yeah, I, I feel I, I kind of empathise with Max in a way after... Because, I mean, you just get fed up of answering the same questions, just worded slightly mm. differently, don't you? But that's... if that was Hamilton, everyone would call him a crybaby. That's, that's <sighs> I mean, yeah, understandably. 
Um, he's been around the block a few times, hasn't he? Mm. But I don't know. Even even if Hamilton had snapped at the reporter, I'd kind of feel like that was justified at that point because it's just talk about something else. That was two weeks ago. Let's move on. Let's focus on, oh, look, I don't know, a whole race weekend ahead of us instead of what happened two weeks ago and now can't be changed as much as Red Bull wanted it to be. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Red Bull, yeah. If they find their, like, Austria form, just Mm. happen, all he needs to do is just keep out of trouble, keep his head, and he should win it. But if you look at Hungary and also Silverstone qualifying, like the original qualifying, obviously we didn't get a proper comparison at the end, but Mercedes had clearly turned the corner with the Silverstone update, hadn't they? And Hungary, mm. we thought was going to be a Red Bull track. Also, Spa and Monza are two tracks where Red Bull generally are nowhere. They, mm. you know, they'll maybe take a grid penalty there, and that's another point, isn't it? Verstappen's going to have to take probably a penalty. Maybe Hamilton will as well, but we don't know. He might have a component failure at some stage. Yeah. Bottas is probably going to have to take a penalty. Yeah, so will Perez. Um, and yeah. Verstappen will probably do it. I would have thought Monza. Like they normally do that, don't they? Yeah, see, that's the thing, because the that Honda power unit has come on so far mm. that I don't know if they want to take it at Monza this time. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they've been nowhere at Spa and particularly Monza for years, mm. like the whole turbo hybrid era. It'll be really interesting. If they're off the pace there and Mercedes walk away those races, they carry on their hungry form after that. It's going to be 2018 all over again where... You know, Mercedes and Hamilton go into another gear and pull away. Yeah, just power on through the second half of yeah. the season. And 2017 as well. I mean, that's what always happens. But Spa and Monza are going to be huge in terms of telling us about the form, I think. Mm. I mean, we've got, it's a, a triple header, isn't it? It's Oh, yeah, sorry, Zandvoort's oh. in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small matter of uh, Zandvoort, yeah. If it goes ahead. It's going ahead with a three quarters capacity crowd, I think it was. Mm. Something like that. I mean, we can only hope that the crowd behave themselves. That's what they've asked for. Uh, Yeah, no, the the race organisers have asked for, you know, be nice. Yeah, we'll have to see, but... Let's hope. Let's see who's worse, the Dutch fans or Millwall. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll be fine. Well, that's it's important to point out it's always a tiny minority. Yeah, trouble. it's it's the problem is that the minority are always the loudest yeah, ones. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. But hopefully yeah. they sing Supermax instead. I mean, yeah, that would be good. Yeah. If the entirety of the ground is, is singing Supermax mm. at the same time, that would be, be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Mercedes dominates Spa as well, that's that has to be that's a massive opportunity. I mean, we saw how momentum swung at Silverstone with Hamilton's home crowd. That could be yeah. Red Bulls and Verstappen's big opportunity to do that, albeit Monza afterwards might then. Uh, yeah, the, the, I feel the, I feel like the Red Bull car is probably a lot more suited to Zandvoort than it is the other two in that triple header. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, we haven't even raced at Zandvoort yet, so I think everywhere is more suited. Well, I mean, obviously better engine now, but mm. generally everywhere is more suited to the Red Bull than Spa and Monza. Yeah, yeah. But then you look at Zandvoort on paper, 
I feel like it'd be very, very good for Ferrari as well. Mm. Yeah. Considering how they went in Monaco. Yeah. So mm. it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of what ifs though, isn't it? Because we all thought Ferrari were going to be better than they were at Hungary and they just weren't. So it's one of those that we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Can't, you just can't help but think about the possibility that, say, imagine they're like five points apart in Abu Dhabi or whatever the final round's going to be. Just imagine the scenes. That'll be, that'll be like, that'll be one of those things that it transcends F1. Like, Richard, I think you, I don't know when you started watching F1, but I feel like <laughs> it was before 2008. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that title decider, that was the first race I ever watched, Brazil oh, 2008, funnily hey. enough. And that was, probably, <laughs> that was because. <laughs> not a bad race to pick yeah but that was because my parents who had no interest in f1 you know heard about it and obviously you know tuned in because it was such a big thing wasn't it yeah and obviously i got interested from that imagine we get a title about this season i mean we've f1's mm. grown a lot as it is just it's going to be like the biggest thing the biggest sporting event probably of the year you could argue apart from obviously the euros final <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean but, the 2007 season finale wasn't too bad either. Like that that run in, yeah. Hamilton cost himself the world championship by beaching it in the gravel at Shanghai, mm. and then his gearbox died, didn't it? So yeah, it's because I started watching. Well, the earliest races I remember in 2000. So you know, just casual Schumacher dominance. Um, but let's see the thing I remember most vividly is not only that Ferrari car but the the McLaren livery because it was that it was a really distinctive black car with silver bits and when they were in a country where the advertising wasn't allowed for whatever reason then they just replace it with like the driver's name (laughs) so I mean it, it it was yeah it's old school and I very much liked those cars, but um, the championships were never that close. It was very much Schumacher's done it again. Um, it was interesting to see the transition between 04 and 05 when it very much swung to Alonso because that Renault car was obscene uh, with its tuned mass dampers. Um like there was there was an onboard that they showed, and it was um, one of the cars from the same year just going over a curb, and the camera was just completely all over the place. And then they were, they cut to a shot of onboard from the same camera position on the Renault because this was like right at the tip of the front wing sort of thing, and the Renault was completely off circuit in the gravel trap, and it was just still. And it was brilliant, <laughs> but that got out of rules. <laughs> so yeah. they had to get rid of that. But yeah, no, in terms of title fights, it's 07, 08 has been good. The start of, was it 2010 or 2012 that we had like seven different? 2012. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, I know Seb then went on to absolutely smash everyone into the ground, but. He still won it in the last race, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Race. It was those were another couple of close ones, and then Rosberg in 16. That was another one that was sort of last couple of races. 
Yeah, two in Abu Dhabi between Hamilton and Rosberg. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about absolute, like absolute rivalry between two teams that, well, I mean, obviously Hamilton and Rosberg kind of boiled over, didn't it? But between two teams, yeah, really is threatening to get out of hand and probably well, it already has pretty much, isn't it? And we've still got second half of the season. You know, this is this year. Yeah, there's going to be the politics, a lot more politics. And th- this is this era's, you know, I mean, Alonso Vettel never really, because there was, you know, McLaren were in there, yeah. Mark Webber, Jensen Button. This reminds me very much of is, Hunt Louder. Yeah. I mean, there was respect. I mean, there's still respect here, isn't there? But yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a different era, but you can see movies getting made about this season in the future. Oh, yeah. You know, Senna Prost. It's, yes. dare I say it, getting towards that, isn't it? Yeah. I'd, I'd argue at this point. Who's, who's going to wipe out who to claim yeah. championship? It genuinely, like, could it could happen? I don't think. Well, Lewis Hamilton is not the sort of driver that would do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you never know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to believe that Schumacher was either. But you know, you you see the footage yeah. and you got to believe what you see. So <laughs> hmm. it's yeah. It's I think I don't know when when you're in that position, clouded judgment does come into it. Hmm. It's. So who was it? It was in. It was, yeah. It was the Formula E race this weekend. Nick De Vries, even though he was losing places, and you thought, "Oh God, he's going to lose his head." He's because he almost got squashed into the wall at one point. And it's like, no, mate, just survive, and you've won. Don't throw this in the wall. You you're in a position where not only you win the constructors' championship, but you'll also get the drivers' championship. And it was it was just he looked like he was about to make a very regrettable dive bomb for three or four laps and it was just tense and it's 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 hard because obviously in the car you don't have that greater perspective all you know is you've just lost three places in four laps sort of thing um they they, they don't have jeff and they don't have the uh, championship standings update button on their mfd so well that's a, that's i guess an argument that some people make is Schumacher, Senna, Prost have all won titles, haven't they, by crashing into the rivals, basically. But that's kind of the ruthlessness of the greats, isn't it? Yeah. As much as... I mean, Schumacher got disqualified from one of them. Yeah. So... As much as those incidents in particular are not what we want to see. No. And hopefully it doesn't happen this year. That is just the ruthlessness, isn't it, that I mean, if it's with the greats if it's another incident like Silverstone where it's very much a close call between a racing incident and a penalty, uh, I, I wouldn't be so mad as something as obvious as Schumacher parking it at Raskas. Yeah. I mean, the ones in like the ones that decide the titles, you know, when there was all those Senna Prof Schumacher ones, they were all first turn of Suzuka. Yeah. That was blatant. <laughs> Just send out the yeah. inside, take him out. Job done. I win the title. Yeah. Thanks very much. So, yeah, I don't want to see it go down like that. But, you know, if it is a genuine sort of racing incident, then fine. It's just a racing incident. There's going to be collisions at some stage. Perhaps stay off Twitter if it happens. Uh, yeah. And I, I try to stay off Twitter as much as I can anyway, to be honest. Um, but, it's, I mean, especially lately with, like, Lando. Oh, my God. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> the, man, the man's just trying to enjoy his holiday and he's got... Yeah all of these psychotic fangirls 
going after him because he's hanging out with a female. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> How dare it? I know. How dare it not be one of these cringy, stalky Twitter people? Yeah, I know. They're probably underage as well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's probably highly illegal. <laughs> but they don't care okay. because he's not with them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I anyway, I mean, every driver, maybe bar one, has those kind of stands, and it's. Uh, I suppose yeah. you get it in most sports, don't you? It's just a bit cringe. So, mm. it's not to say I don't like people being fans. It's just like I don't, I don't exactly want to invade on someone's yeah, private hey. life. Yeah, stalker. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, I I don't mm. really like the paparazzi as it is. Um, <laughs> My, when when it comes to footballers, and it's like if you're not doing a publicity thing, then why do we need to know what they had for lunch? Like, <laughs> yes, I I will support things like uh, Marcus Rashford going and helping out at the food bank and that sort of thing, but I don't care who's in court on a drink driving charge or who's been speeding or whatever. I, Raheem Sterling seen with a tattoo. What was oh my god, he's got a leg tattoo. Oh no, and then bought his mama uh, house. And then how dare he? And then Lewis Hamilton takes his shirt off, and he's got an entire back covered. Mm. Oh, don't get me started on the press and Lewis Hamilton. That's that's for a whole other day. Uh, yeah. So yeah. the press in general. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's a minefield, isn't it? So. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on to our season predictions and how we're doing so far? Mm. So, I, yeah. for those who weren't here at the start, we we predicted where we thought um, drivers would finish in the drivers championship and where the teams would finish in the constructors. And I. I believe we also did like a crazy prediction, but I haven't got everyone else's written down here. I've got mine though, so that's the important bit. Um, but yeah, okay. So let's go through teams first because that's the, the shorter list and that'll be easier to do. Um, oh God. See, everyone else, literally everyone else put Mercedes first and I didn't. So I'm already losing. Oh, well, you're losing. I'm in. Well, it was so obvious Mercedes were going to be winning. Oh, yeah, I know, oh. right? Oh, yeah. Who was I to doubt them, right? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, they're only, I mean, what, 40 points behind after Austria? Yeah, exactly. Two races ago. I, I was looking quids in at that point. Mm. But... You should have cashed out. <laughs> should have done. Um... Avoid bet regret. <laughs> <laughs> Always gamble responsibly. Um the 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 Williams result has really thrown mine out of whack as well. So now I've got to hope that Alfa Romeo find eight points out of nowhere in the second half of this oh, season. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, actually, Nia has got Williams above Alfa Romeo, so she's quids in there. And nobody else has. I think we all thought they were going to be a bit quicker. Right. Uh, I, oh. Yeah. Aston Martin all the way down in seventh is uh, mm, below most people's expectations. Um, I didn't. You, I put, you put them, them sixth, there, and I and then you I put them bu- sixth. Well, I had them seventh, and then got billions putting them sixth, didn't I? And oh, I had wow. Vettel really low as well, and then I ended up with in tenth. Yeah, I've got him. yeah, you got in tenth. 
Oh, it's... mine aren't too bad. Like in terms of like the splits, I've got the right splits. If you see what I mean. So yeah, F the F one F one point five, whatever it is, just not quite in the right order. <laughs> so, yeah, my normal reputation for predictions. I've got Aston Martin up in fourth, and I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> uh, then again, so has Nia, and so does Chris, and so does Ben. I just realised I think I've only got one team in the right place, but everyone is like one off, which is oh no, sorry, Mercedes and Red Bull one too. Yeah, as yeah. Well. But yeah, everyone else is literally one off. Like I have McLaren and Ferrari the wrong, wrong way around. I mean, I'll I'll pass you McLaren and Ferrari because they're tied on points. Like I'm right then. I'll I'll allow it, mm. <laughs> but. Oh god, my so I'm I'm one out with Red Bull, Mercedes, technically McLaren, uh, Aston Martin. I'm three places out. Ferrari, I'm two places out. Alpine, one place out. Alpha Tauri, one place out. Alfa Romeo, one place out. Williams, one place out. Haas on the money. Get in. Yeah, I am literally either right or one place out on everything, but mostly one place. Out. <laughs> um, oh god drivers championships oh god see, see again I, I feel like I've done alright here I said Lewis was going to be in the lead uh, he's in the lead even though I said Red Bull were going to win the constructors I said Lewis was going to win the drivers championship good to happen so I mean stranger things have happened right yeah um, so nobody has Lando anywhere near third. I feel like I, feel like I did all right within fifth. Yeah. Fifth? Yeah. I think everyone else. Ahead? Uh, did anyone else put Ricardo behind? Sorry. Uh, no, 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 and no. Well, I'll take that one. <laughs> it's about, yeah. about the only thing I got right this year. Literally wow. everyone else has Lando Norris as seventh. Yeah. Four, four out of five of us in completely separate ranking sessions put Lando Norris at seventh which is kind of strange to think about um <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> I know right I put Danny Rick in fifth Nia put Danny Rick in fourth uh you've got him sixth Alex uh Chris put him in fifth and Ben you've got him in fifth as well so Four out of five of us predicting that Danny would beat Lando. That's going to take a monumental second half of the season for that to happen. Um, I just worked out I've got six, seven. I've got eight drivers in the right. No, seven drivers in the right place. Ooh. No, sorry, eight. And then I've got, again, so many a one-off. It's ridiculous. Uh, That's annoying. Well, I'm, I'm a long way out with these. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've done all right, considering my normal reputation with predictions, like the entire of my pro podium out at turn one in Hungary, for example. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was, yeah, that was good going in terms of that stability of prediction. Um, oh, God, Matt, I'm so far out with these. Oh, God. It doesn't help that the, the Williams drivers have jumped the Alphas. Yeah, Hungary swapped it around a bit. I feel like my predictions would be slightly better had that not happened. In fact, yeah, Russell they very 16th. much would be. Yeah, I did have Russell 16th, but not Latifi ahead of him, surprisingly. Does anyone have Latifi in 15th? I don't <laughs> nope. I don't think so. Uh, 
17th, 18th, 18th, 19th. So nobody's got him higher than 18th. <laughs> yeah, I would have been doing better, actually, if it wasn't for Hungary. Yeah. Apart from, obviously, it changed the championship lead. But I had off well, on 14th, point. and he's jumped head Jumped up, yeah. And See, I, had, I, had, I had Alonso in 10th. Yeah, I'd have had Sino just show off on all in the right place if it wasn't for that. That's a bit annoying. But yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that the, the thing I'm doing best on is my progress towards my crazy season prediction, which was five McLaren podiums. Yeah, I'm so happen. glad I said McLaren because it makes it seem like Danny Rick's actually doing something <laughs> other than pulling out of the way at Monaco. I think I said... I think it was seven drivers and five teams to win races, but obviously I didn't say Ocon. I said, um, yeah, I said the Mercedes, the Red Bulls, Norris, Leclerc, and Gasly. So if you kind of swap Gasly and Ocon, it's it's still on. I mean, if you've, I mean, I'll, I'll go back and verify. But if you've just said like numbers and not actually like over specified, then I think you could be on here. Yeah, I mean, Leclerc's very unfortunate. And Lando Norris, I said Norris and not Ricardo to him one, so that could be on. And yeah. then I've just got to get Bottas somewhere in there. Russia. Yeah, true. He loves Russia. <laughs> Probably. But... Hmm. Which I think that's like the only track that he's really done well at, isn't it? And Austria. The only track he races at. Austria and Australia. Yeah. Well, Australia's cancelled, so... Yeah. <laughs> and Austria's been and gone. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, I honestly can't remember who, what everyone else had for crazy season predictions, but... I know what I had, but I don't want to say it. Oh, God, what? Go on. Say it. I said, Alba would get a podium. You never know. Uh, stranger things have happened. I mean, Latifi's been third for, like... Exactly. Uh, 20 laps or something yeah exactly it, but the, it feels like Hungary's been the crazy race of this season so yeah like well, we, Alpha, had, Alpha we had Alpha seemed to mess it last up. year didn't we yeah Alpha always seem to mess it up when there's an opportunity so yeah. if they can not do that then you never know yeah there was Monza wasn't there and if they'd you never know if they'd put Reichen on the right tyres maybe he could have just held everyone up for the rest uh, of the race yeah he could have actually <laughs> driven a car with some speed yeah and if Giovinazzi hadn't taken the penalty they could have performed a roadblock yeah take a second third but two car roadblock upon the old track yeah. <laughs> just because hungary was a disaster because both of their drivers took penalties uh giovinazzi for thinking that nobody was going to catch him speeding in the pit lane and then raikkonen for an unsafe release mm. i don't know if you have you seen the um his raikkonen's on board from that yeah because the light on the because obviously they've got the traffic light system the light literally flashes green and then goes straight back to red but yeah. Kimi's seen it go green and has gone mm. I still want to see Giovinazzi's on board from apparently going however fast <laughs> however much faster it was in the pit lane 25 kilometers an hour faster than the speed yeah, of it that must be on F1 TV but I don't think I have the oh no because no, it's not in the UK is it no we'll get access to that after the end of the season yeah yeah, we'll just find someone outside the UK. Just yeah. Send it to me. 
Um, so yeah, I think uh, we've got a lot to hope for the uh, the remaining races of the season in terms of our predictions. Uh, I've just got to hope that McLaren don't disappear, and then I should be all right. <laughs> Maybe McLaren disappear and Alfa Romeo appear. He's <laughs> <Yes>, no. <laughs> That was the thing, though. Uh, someone said mathematically, any driver on the grid can still win the championship. Hmm. Well, it's like Formula E. Just Formula E had one race left. Yeah, it was like fourteen <laughs> drivers or something stupid. Yeah, that was ridiculous. By the way, like the, yeah. the fact that the fact that one of them qualified inside the top ten, and there was thirteen that could win the championship, and then like everyone that could have challenged De Vries was out at the start, <laughs> and then yeah, the rest of them were obviously too far back. That was the most formal or anything ever. It was a great race, though. It was, yeah. Pure carnage, but great race. Yeah. It's what you're formulary reviewing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't believe that. I had no idea going to the last race. 13 drivers. I mean, yeah. it's, not been the long, it's not been the biggest calendar, has it? No. The fact no, that Van, oh, 15 rounds. Yeah. Van, Van Dorn was winning the race at one point, wasn't he, at the start? And he was like going to finish second in the championship. Despite the fact he wasn't one of the thirteen that could have won it, which was ridiculous. See what I because Van Dorn is De Vries's teammate, so I thought it's rolling roadblock time. Help him catch up. I didn't need <laughs> it just really. Everyone didn't, was out. Didn't happen like that. So everyone was out or well, out yeah, in the top ten. Yeah, and like was it his next nearest rival that was still in the race was in sixteenth or yeah, something I mean, dumb. Well, I mean it was. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis Evans and uh, who was it? The other one that went into the back of Evans. Who got his name? He was second going into it. And Mortara, that was it. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. were the three yeah, that Montara. realistically could have beaten him. Yeah, and then they were all out at the start, and then yeah. the rest basically had to win or come like second with the Vries out of the points, and they were all like thirteenth or lower. Yeah. Which was just crazy. I don't even know how that happened. Like every one of them was nowhere. Yeah, I mean, if we have a season finale like that in Formula One, <laughs> we might be here for a while. <laughs> so, I mean, at least it'd be the last race, though. True, very true. We could do a two-parter over two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, spoilers. Find out what happened next week. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to this ten week Boy, part then. breakdown. I've been having Yeah, I mean, I'd be impressed if you got more than one week's content out of Abu Dhabi. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, it's Abu Dhabi, so that's even if it is the last one yet. Yeah, there's, you know, the rumor mill going around that they're going to swap Abu Dhabi in yeah. Saudi Arabia. So who knows? We're still there's. I mean. It's the, I know it's the summer break, but we're still yet to receive a lot of actual news with regards to the second half of the season. Yeah. So there's still technically a, a TBC on the calendar. Mm. So they said today the Brazilian government said that Brazil would go ahead, but are they to be believed? Probably not. Uh, no, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. And obviously we know Zandvoort is. So it's mainly, well, is Brazil going to happen? what's going in Australia's place or Brazil <laughs> and Brazil if it doesn't happen. Yeah. And then if the last two get swapped, pretty much, isn't it? Uh, other than that, I think it's pretty set, isn't it? Like 
I mean, mm. America's got NASCAR and IndyCar going, so they'll they'll have Formula One. Yeah, and that was absolute carnage as well, as well as MotoGP. Yeah, uh, so probably the craziest day of motorsport I've ever seen. Mexico had Formula E earlier in the year, so I can't yeah. imagine they'd say no to Formula One. Turkey I guess should be right. Well, yeah, Turkey's been moved and replaced and mm. whatever. And I guess the only other question mark is Japan because they're a lot. Oh, then they had the Olympics, so yeah, they manage the Olympics. They'll, they'll do it behind closed doors, probably, won't they? But if yeah, if they have to, they'll do it behind closed doors. But yeah, they the might fans the Olympics, at, I reckon they'll... the fans at Suzuka are always something else, though, aren't they? The hats, <laughs> yeah. the hats, are mental. <laughs> yeah, Sonoda on the podium. Oh my god, that would be scenes. That was like Kobayashi, yeah. So, but yeah, I think you know the first four, five rounds are pretty safe. So mm. Belgium, Netherlands, Italy, Russia, Turkey. I think that's all right. Yeah. So obviously, there's one more week of filler, <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better term. It'll be preview next week for Spa, won't it? So yeah, yeah, we'll ha- we'll have filler and preview. So yeah. But yeah, it'll be it'll be good to because as much as it's nice to have a summer break, it's kind of like what now? And like we've we've done our mid season review, we've done a, a support series mid season review. Help! <laughs> so we do have something lined up for next week, don't we? I've forgotten what it is though. I I, I have. I mean, it's silly season. It's that was it. Oh yeah. In, well, that's quite a big one. But nothing's <laughs> happened. Well, I mean, we said yeah. Talk about the rumors. Talk about, you know all that gossip yeah I, I suppose we could do the the gossip episodes yeah. but that would be you know racing specific gossip not private life gossip so yeah. I'll, I'll allow it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i guess we kind of do we hope then that nothing happens before then <laughs> um well i mean if if like something happens we can cover that and then we'll discuss the yeah. the knock-on effects and implications that that could have yeah that's probably so just as long as it doesn't happen the day after we record it before we upload it as it always does yeah, like the amount of happen, the amount of important stories that have broken like the day after we've posted a podcast is annoying considering we've only done like 21 episodes i think this is 21 so yeah we're, we're already getting a bit of a i don't want to say precedent because that would require us to be like known for it or just known but <laughs> a bad <laughs> habit shall we say of having news stories break the day after we cover everything that's fine matt gallagher yeah. knows us yeah exactly yeah. so uh, yeah, life's peaked <laughs> life's peaked your your favorite internet youtuber knows you <laughs> or knows of you so we will see. There's potentially something in the works there, um, but awesome. uh, I haven't got anything. Yeah, that would be in the nailed down yet. Kim Kardashian episode. <laughs> Are we doing that in uh, uh, post season? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll cover that in like mid January. <laughs> What's everyone been watching this week? So, oh, but yeah. I think that's about it for our mid-season review, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, join us next week where we'll be covering any transfer talk, real or fictitious. 
and our Belgian Grand Prix predictions. And hopefully we'll be back up to a full cohort as well. Uh, so until next time, thank you for listening. Uh, like, rate, comment, all the usual stuff. Um, thanks for listening and goodbye.